You're listening to the ESPN Radio 94.1 podcast page, accelerated by Sports Innovation X. Six is bridging the gap between tech, athletes, and teams. Check them out at sportsinnovationx.com. Broadcasting from the place where America won its freedom in the heart of Hampton Roads, it's the Tim Donnelly Show on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Tim Donnelly Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Twitter's an interesting place. It is. Follow us there. How about that? We'll start off the show like that. Follow us on Twitter at Donnelly Sports, as well as at Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1, which is really at ESPN Radio 941. You can follow either. Too long to explain. Uh, Robbie's here keeping the show up and running. Here's why I say Twitter's an interesting place. Because every... I'm not going to get into the politics of it. I know Twitter is one of those, one of those I don't know, hot topics right now. I'm, I'm saying it, it like this. Everybody can get mad on Twitter. Everybody can troll on Twitter. It doesn't matter if you are some Joe Schmo in your, your sweatpants with Cheeto dust on them in your parents' basement. Or if you are one of the highest paid athletes on the planet. Or if you are someone that just played in the Super Bowl a couple of days ago. Every once in a while, you read something, and it could be derogatory towards you, a friend. It could just be something that you think is wrong, and who, boy, does it it eat away at you. And it takes a special kind of self-control to go, you know what? I'm going to put the phone down. I'm going to go do something that brings me a little bit of happiness. What is the point of winning the Super Bowl? If you can't rub it in the face of everyone else just a little bit, at least everyone else in the league, And, and, and what is the point of, of chasing a Super Bowl if you don't get a little mad when someone else wins the Super Bowl and rubs it in your face? Like, there's no one doing anything wrong aside from the fact that it's public. If you haven't been paying attention, uh, it got really real over the past uh, 24 hours. Juju Smith-Schuster, member of the Chiefs, threw the first stone, okay? He put out the meme. We talked about it yesterday. Uh, it had... James Bradbury, who was called for the hold that sealed the game for for the Chiefs, James Bradbury of the Eagles, and Juju put out a little meme that made it look like it was a Valentine's Day card with James Bradbury's face on it, and it said, I'll hold you when it matters most. Well, everyone got mad. A.J. Brown, the first. A.J. Brown, one of the highest paid athletes on the planet, $100 million contract, wide receiver for the Eagles, caught a gigantic touchdown in the Super Bowl, jumped on Twitter and said this. First off, congratulations. Y'all deserve it. This is lame. You was on the way out the league before Mahomes resurrected your career on your one-year deal, TikTok boy. Hey, did you see my TikTok? That, that That was Robbie adding that in. That was not me. One year deal, TikTok boy. He admitted that he grabbed you, but don't act like you're like that or ever was. But congratulations again. Dripping with sarcasm. And from that point on, floodgates opened. Floodgate. Mahomes got involved. Subtweeting somebody that he said was bored. I assume he's talking about A.J. Brown. Darius Slade Jr. got involved. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson got involved. James Bradbury himself got involved. Other players, Micah Parsons got involved. Everybody decided to jump in and throw stones in this metaphorical Twitter battle. Think about that. 
Ryan Clark, as well as the rest of the NFL Live crew, reacts to Juju's tweet at James Bradbury. Social media got dudes doing stuff that they shouldn't do or say. And, like, these rules changing make receivers really, really, really strong on social media. That yeah. made me mad. I'm mad for James Bradbury. That was – that, yeah, we're all mad about it. He said it was lame. Um, and that's what happens when the defensive guys have something to say about it. The – who cares, Ryan Clark? This isn't your fight to fight. Why are you jumping in at James Bradbury's defense? If you, I, I, I can't believe this is even, if you win, you get to talk trash. That's how it works. And, and the thing is, oh, they were quoting his stats. I've got more interceptions than you have touchdowns. Oh, you only caught this many yards in the last this many games. They're coming at Juju as if he can't say, it's a team sport. My team was better than your team. I talk trash. If you win, you get to talk trash. That's how it worked. Right now, the Eagles are the party ruiners. Right now, the Eagles are the party ruiners, right? You ever been hanging out with your buddies, like like a just, we'll go like a buddy's golf trip? You're betting a dollar a hole just to make it interesting? Somebody cups a, a 20-footer, starts talking trash. Suddenly, someone's challenging someone to a fight, and you're like, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. We're just having fun here. This is, com- this is why we do it. We compete. There's a reason why we have a buddy's golf trip, not a buddy's let's go taste wine trip, right? It's so we can have a winner, and the winner gets to wear the big, the big crown that day. If you take it seriously, you are getting laughed at by the other team. I want that to be clear. Like, did, did A.J. Brown think that he was going to come out of the clouds with this TikTok boy, hey, uh, Mahomes resurrected your career comment, and then in the Chiefs locker room, they were going to be going, oh, Juju, are you okay? Or do you think they're in the Chiefs locker room, or more importantly, not in the locker room, at the parade for the Super Bowl, on a float, getting a little tipsy, going, did you see how, see, see how hurt A.J. Brown was? Do you see how hurt? Gardner Johnson was? Did you see how defensive Brad? If they were that defensive on Sunday, they might be having a parade. Yuck, yuck, yuck. Pause for laughter. It's it's so funny that the tough guys are all looking at Juju saying, oh, you're so big on social media. No, I don't think you understand. The Chiefs were big on the field. They won the game. They have Super Bowl rings that are going to go on their fingers. They're the opposite of big on so big on social media is losing the game and talking trash. That's big on social media. Big on Twitter is is not even being in the Super Bowl, but jumping into the Super Bowl trash talking conversation. Micah Parsons. Oh, your social media skills are better than your football skills. No, the Chiefs football skills were better than everyone else's football skills, which is why they can jump on social media. It's it, sure. Maybe he wasn't the best player on the field. I, I, his team was the best team on the field, and it's the ultimate team sport. Gosh, is there anything worse than somebody losing a game? Right. Let's say they they lost by ten, and then they can't like a basketball game. Then they said, "Yeah, but I scored twenty eight. You sound, you know, okay. You're a, you're a you're a high scoring loser, is what you are. 
I, maybe I come from, and, and this is crazy because I am 32 years old. Maybe I came from a previous generation, but to me, the winner gets to talk trash. If you win, you get to call out the other team. And the other team has to be kind of sour-faced and mad and take it until they get a chance to go prove it differently. All night, every time I check Twitter, right, you pull out your phone, uh, you know, you're waiting for the microwave to go, you're, you're, you, you know, you just take out your phone, you're waiting for something, commercial pops up, take out your phone. There was another participant in the Super Bowl screaming about something, and I'm going, I thought we settled this on Sunday. This is like, it's like they did it backwards. You know how boxers talk trash, talk trash, talk trash, build up the anticipation, build up the anticipation, then they fight? They did it backwards. Very respectful in the lead up. Every time you talk to them, they're a great team. We're, 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 we're looking forward to being tested by their abilities. And uh, Jalen Hurts or Patrick Mahomes, they're, they're wide receiver core. I know they don't have the big name, but they're still great. Then the game was played, and afterwards they're like, let's, let's do the, the, the boxers, we hate each other thing. What? Makes no, mis- no sense. And then Ryan Clark wants to jump in and say, Juju did something. Juju, no. Absolutely not. He won. He talked trash. He didn't say, like, hey, James Bradbury's a bad dude. I don't like him. I wouldn't trust him to watch my nieces and nephews as a babysitter. He didn't say, hey, he's a bad driver. He didn't say anything about his personality. He said he's going to hold. Guess what? He held. The NFL Films clip came out of the game today. Grab Jersey. There is a, a, a angle they have that was not on the, the replay angles of the show or of the, the broadcast where you see handful of Jersey, Jersey stretches. I put it on my Twitter. You can see it at Donnelly Sports. Sam Monson, the, the PFF guy that we had on the show last week, tweeted it out. I retweeted it. There's, that, that's not an argument. Soon as soon as ref sees pulled Jersey and it snaps out like that, automatic flag. James Bradbury held. Juju said, this guy will hold in a funny way. And the Eagles went up in arms. Guess what? If they want to make a joke about Jalen Hurts dropping the ball and it being a fumble, they could do that too. They wanted to tell a joke about, hey, you knew Travis Kelsey was going to get the ball, but on the first drive, he caught three passes, including a touchdown. They could make that joke too. If you don't want them to make the joke, don't let them do it. Mike in Virginia Beach has some comments on the trash talk. 757-687-9494 is the call in line. 757-687-9494. Mike, thanks for calling in. What do you have to say about the uh, the Twitter from Juju and the Eagles? Hey, normally, like like I told uh, Robbie, normally I I agree with you. Uh oh. I, I gotta I gotta go I gotta go against you in this one. I was listening to this conversation on the way to work with TJ and Max. Mm-hmm. Um. Even Andy Reid, I mean, uh, Smith Schuster's know more about his TikTok than his, his, his play on the field. And even his own coach said, you look faster on TikTok than you do on the field. Um, I'm probably getting my butt shoot out. I, I appreciate football. I know it was a hold, which is before the, before the pass was made, but there was no way in God's creation Schuster whatever was ever going to catch that pass. So Bradbury was an idiot for holding it. But um, I got to disagree because – it was stuff going back and forth. And, and Schuster was like Haley's comment. He was in the dust just going along for the ride with the rest of the Chiefs. It was it was Kelsey, their defense keeping. Okay, okay. Well, let, let me ask you this. Um, 
other than Mahomes, like how many players on the Chiefs are, are allowed to talk, like did enough to talk trash? Uh, I thought 32 Bolton should have been the MVP. He, he okay, so he was he was shut down. Um, he was shutting down Philadelphia. No, no, I I I get like there. My point is like, did you have to be a main contributor to say you're able to brag about being a Super Bowl champion? No, if your helmet says KC, you can talk all the trash you want till next year. Well, then then Juju's allowed, right? Yes, he is. All right. Well, Thank my, my my point was his, his own coach said that. You're faster on TikTok than you are in the field, so that, uh, that's yeah. what I was taking up. Okay, that thing made people have their feelings hurt so much. I appreciate it very much, Mike. You're breaking up a little bit there, but uh, but uh, I think we I think we came around on that one. And I will say this: if you want to tease Juju, like if the Eagles wanted to be first and tease Juju for the TikTok stuff. That's fine. They just have to be prepared for Juju to say back, well, guess what? My next TikTok is going to have the Lombardi trophy in it, and yours won't. Like, there always is that. There always is that. You can make fun of You can call him TikTok boy. It's just you're going to come across as bitter and a loser because that's what you were on Sunday. If the Eagles want to talk trash, you know who they should talk trash to? The Niners, the Giants. They have teams they could talk trash to. It's just the, the Chiefs aren't one of them. Tim Donnelly show that the, the call line and the text line will remain open 757-687-9494. That's the call in line. That's also the dream lawns text line 757-687-9494. When we come back, Taylor Heineke, he's a bigger person than most of us. I'll tell you that right now. He's willing to go back to Washington. Stick around. This is the Tim Donnelly show on priority auto sports radio, 94.1. Joe Flacco, Matt Nagy, Rich Gannon, and Tim Donnelly. You get the latter Delaware quarterback from three to six. It's the Tim Donnelly Show on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Tim Donnelly Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Juju Smith-Schuster, talk trash to the, the Eagles. Actually, let me, let me set the, the table appropriately. Juju Smith-Schuster is a member of the Chiefs who beat the Eagles in the Super Bowl and then Juju Smith-Schuster talked a little trash on Twitter and a whole bunch of Eagles got very upset and went very personal in their responses. I said, uh, if you wanted to be that aggressive, you probably should have won the game. Um, and and the text line has uh, some some disagreeers. So we'll go to the text line. Again, it's the Dream Lawns text line, 757-687-9494. Robbie, what do you got? From the 757, I don't know where you're from, but where I'm from, win or lose, if someone clowns me, I do my best to respond with whatever ammo I have. I feel like that, and, and Texter, if you're, you're, you're wrong on this, you can, you can correct us. Feels like that's the tough guy response. I respond with whatever ammo I have, right? Like, I, where are you from? Um, I'll tell you right where I'm from. Whole bunch of different places. I moved around a lot. Okay, so I'm from Jersey, I'm from Hawaii, I'm from Maryland. There's a lot of different places. Um, But every place I've been, it's been this way. Words are never the thing to be a tough guy about. Somebody tweets at you, if you tweet back, you're not the, the, oh, I fought back with whatever ammo I had. And I'm not even trying to be a tough guy here. I played quarterback. I said, you know, if I talk trash, then someone else fought my battles for me on the field. Uh, right. Then the linemen had to come in and protect me. And they're looking at me on the sideline, like, stop doing that. Um, I'm, I don't pretend to be a tough guy, but I do know this. 
if you lose a game and fight back with words, you weren't getting a ton of respect where I come from. If you lose a game and you fight back the next time you see him on the field, right? You lose a game and then you beat him the next time, you get respect. But it, it, hey, you you were mean to me on Twitter, so I was even more mean to you back. Oh, earned your stripes. What else are they saying? From the 757, it's called sportsmanship. Have you ever heard of it? Sports, he didn't say anything personal. Again, there are, I agree there is sportsmen. There are unwritten rules of sportsmanship when it comes to trash talk. None of them were crossed. You don't talk about uh, physical appearance, I think, is, is, is pretty messed up to talk about. You don't talk about families. You don't talk about personalities off the field troubles you don't bring up family like like if you're struggling with something away from the game but 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 if someone wants to talk about the way you're playing and it's true i don't know if there's much you can say i don't i again maybe the truth hurts but but if it's true i think you kind of got to eat it i think you kind of got to eat it all right, I, I wish we could go on with this. I, I really like these conversations, these unwritten rules conversations. Um, like to me, if I'm the Eagles, guess what I'm saying? I'm saying the next time we play Juju Smith-Schuster, and I believe he's a free agent, so there's a chance it could be somewhere other than the Chiefs. The next time we play Juju Smith-Schuster, that guy's getting his, his – every time he goes out to block, he's getting absolutely lit up. I'm looking at uh, Gardner Johnson. I'm looking at, at Darius Slay. I'm looking at Bradbury. A lot of these guys are free agents. They might Juju might have to see one of them like three out of four weeks at one point in time on different teams. They all, we're going to light them up when we see him. Juju could be an Eagle next year. He could be an Eagle next year. It'd be a long training camp. It'd be a, it'd be a long training camp. From the 757, never saw Malcolm Butler making fun of Russ after that game-sealing interception. Just a classless move by Juju. First of all, if he wanted to make fun of Russ, he had the right. Second of all, he was immediately crying on the field. Like, the game was over. I, I mean, whew. It's, it's, I, like, I would be okay with this if it happened on a, on a, a playground. If, if this were a pickup game, somebody won and, and then posted the meme, I'd be like, uh-huh. well, he won. What are you going to do? Let alone the Super Bowl. Tim Donnelly Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. The call-in number is 757-687-9494. The text line, that same number. It's the Dream Lawns text line, 757-687-9494. And I'm pretty comfortable in my knowledge of, like, the playground. Right? I'm, I'm pretty comfortable in my knowledge of of the, the unwritten rules that need to be followed and not followed. And and I'm, I'm pretty pretty confident in this one. Uh, let's jump ahead to, to Heineke. Uh, Taylor Heineke is a bigger person than most of us. Speaking of bigger person, you don't prove you're a big, bigger person by not, not talking trash after a win. You prove you're a bigger person by forgiving and forgetting and moving on. Heineke's willing to go back to the commanders after they were by his own admission here, pretty terrible with their communication with him this past season. He was on the McAfee show last week. Uh, Here he is talking about the communication when it comes to who's starting and who's not that upset him. It was tough. Again, like you said, I understand the business of the NFL. Just paid a guy $30 million. Let's give him another chance. I think we lost two or three in a row there. Lost two had a tie, um, and we were kind of on the cuff there. we got to make the playoffs. I don't, I'm not going to say I felt disrespected. It was just kind of the communication of how it all went down I wasn't very happy about. Hmm. 
I love how he says, I'm not going to say I'm disrespected. I'm not very happy about it, though. Like, that, that's disrespected. Um, he went on in the interview to imply that he actually found out that Wentz was starting when a friend of his that is not within the organization sent him an article. Now, I don't know. This one may, might make less sense to me than even the, the Twitter stuff we were talking about. How do you mess up the communication within your building for the biggest entertainment product in the country? Like in America, football is not only king of sports, it is the king of entertainment, which is nothing but mass communication. And if you don't think I'm, I'm being 100% accurate here, uh, of the 100 most watched TV broadcasts of 2022, according to Sportico, 100 most watched TV broadcasts, that's sitcoms, that's award shows, that's like uh, the, the New Year's when the ball drops, Thanksgiving Day parades, uh, political debates, everything that was on television, 82 of the 100 most watched broadcasts of 2022 were NFL football games. 88 of the 100 were football games because six of them were college football games. 82, 80, so 82% of the top 100 were NFL football games. This is the, the biggest mass communication in our country. They didn't think like, hey, if we leak this to a reporter, it might get back to Heineke. Someone might talk about it. If we have loose lips that sink ships from our facility, somehow this might be talked about in a public sphere enough to get to Heineke. Or did they just not care? Or did they say, yeah, who cares how Heineke finds out about it? If a reporter uh, writes an article about what we say and his friend reads it and his friend texts him the link, who cares? If that's the case, if I'm Heineke, I'm saying forget them. And despite that, he's still open to returning to Washington. Again, here's more of Heineke on McAfee. Are you excited to get out of the commander's building and kind of pass the drama or no? I might be back there. Um, I would love to be back there. Is that you know. something that's being chatted about? We'll see. I don't think I'm allowed to okay. talk about anything. Okay. Oh, he wouldn't say that. Even just think about the way McAfee phrased the question. Are you excited to get out of there? He, he, in his brain, he didn't even comprehend that that Heineke might be open to going back. And Heineke was like, "No, well, actually, uh, I don't like moving. No one likes to put their things in boxes, right? I got a lot of Jordans. I, it's just." It's easier to keep them in the same closet. There's one of two options here. One, he's just a bigger person than most of us, right? You can slight him. You can you can disrespect him. You can communicate in a way that is insulting, and he won't hold it against you because he forgives and forgets immediately, which is a virtue. Or two, he doesn't realize how much he's built up his value. He might still think of himself as that guy who, you know, a year and a half ago or whatever it was, was was grasping at any single string that would get him back into the NFL. He doesn't need to keep all options. 31 teams, there's going to be a lot of, like, because 31 with, with Washington, I'm not going there. There's definitely a market for him. He's built up enough value in himself that he can say no. He could look, he could look at Washington and say, you want to sign me? And I'm telling you, it would feel fantastic. I wouldn't even tell them no. I'd go, let me think about it. Then I'd go tell a reporter that I'm not going to Washington and let them figure it out in the media. Is that petty? Maybe. Is that a little vindictive? Absolutely. Fight fire with fire? I get it. He is willing to come back to Washington. He must really love that city.
He must really love those fans. He must really think a better owner is coming shortly. And I know I, we got we got these texts yesterday. Talked about it a bit on the seven five seven at six. All of the the he's just keeping his market open. He wants to to drive a bidding war. Uh, maybe. But let's be real. Do you think Washington was going to be the one driving up the price for everyone else? Washington's looking to cut costs. Trying to, they're looking for bargain basements, dented can specials. Tim Donnelly Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio, 94.1. Speaking of quarterbacks, that will not be discounts. Where should Derek Carr go? We've talked a lot about Derek Carr, uh, his situation being botched by the Raiders. We talked a little bit about the, the Saints. But if he is truly the most desired quarterback on the market, where should Derek Carr end up in the best case of Derek Carr? We're looking at it from his perspective. Coming up right here on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. The Philip Rivers conundrum. The Darren McFadden effect and the Ring of Honor complex. Don't worry, Tim will explain everything. The Tim Donnelly Show on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Tim Donnelly Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Before we get to the uh before we get to the Derek Carr conversation, this is just humorous to me. Uh today's parade day for the Chiefs. And it appears as if at the moment uh, Patrick Mahomes is addressing the crowd. Our guy Matt Verderam, who joined the show last last week on Radio Row from uh, from Fansided, uh, tweeted this out. Mahomes, this is from Matt Verderam now. Mahomes, while appearing to be an uncountable number of Coors Lights in, says the Chiefs are just beginning. That's a little trash talk going on there. They are five straight AFC championships, three out of the last four Super Bowl appearances, two out of the last four Super Bowl champions. And uh, he's like, we're just getting started, baby. What is it? What is the, and if he is truly an uncountable number of Coors Lights in, what do they say? Drunk, drunk words, sober thoughts, right? He's out there speaking from the heart. Tim Donnelly show priority auto sports radio, 94.1 Derek Carr. The, the cliche is he gets to be the most attractive girl at the bar, right? He is going to explore all of his options, and he knows just about everybody that's looking wants him. So it, it becomes who should he choose, and I want to look at it through his, his lens from Derek Carr's point of view, and I want to look at it from that point of view for, for this reason. He matters for the first time. Where he wants to go matters for the first time when he said i'm not gonna waive my no trade clause i want you to release me or pay me 40.5 million dollars it was the first time in Derek carr's career he put himself first up till this point he has been wildly a company man right the raiders were doing a whole bunch of dysfunctional things throughout his career his defense had stunk out loud for basically a decade and he never threw anyone under the bus. He he was always, I have to do better. It starts with me. I have to. I have to lead. We have to. I have to. For the first time, he was like, no, you know what? You're going to release me, and I'm going to do what's best for me. So so just like I tell every single uh, high school football recruit that asks me for advice, take all your visits. Right? You get five official visits when you're coming out of high school looking to go to college. I always go, take all your visits, even if you're committed somewhere. Take all your visits. Maybe someplace will open your eyes to a new experience. If not, you'll get 
five awesome weekends. Like, take all your visits. Derek Carr, take all your visits. Don't say, hey, I already visited the Saints. Things seem pretty good. Why not? Don't do that. Go look at the Jets. Go look at Washington. Go look at Indy. Anyone else who wants you to come in, go look at San Fran. I don't know. Whoever else wants you to come in, go take the weekend. Go take the weekend. The reason why I threw San Fran is there is because Kyle Shanahan always wants a new quarterback, right? He's the, he's the new – it used to be said about John Gruden when he was still coaching, right? The most popular quarterback was always the next one. Kind of feels that way with Kyle Shanahan. So what what should he be looking for, right? The other thing I, I tell recruits when they're – if they ask for advice, and it doesn't happen often but occasionally – is I go like, make sure you know what you're looking for, right? Don't go in saying, I, I want to find a coach that runs a style that I like and I want to find a uh, a veteran that I jive with that can show me the ropes. And then you get there and you're like, whoa, they have a slide in the locker room. I'm like, if that's not what you're looking for, don't make it the reason why you make a decision. So if I'm Derek Carr, you make your priority list. What are you looking for? And then And then value those things. Don't show up and go, Wow, I really like the weather. If the weather wasn't one of your priorities, or show up and say, "Wow, they they were willing to put my face on a billboard." It's like, uh, I'm going to be the the season ticket holder main spokesperson. It's like, uh. to me, if I'm if I'm a quarterback in Derek Carr's situation, I'm looking for three things: offensive line, play caller, and I want to win the breakup quickly. Which means I better be able to win before the Raiders do. And, and keep in mind, that includes a, like if Aaron Rodgers replaces me. So I have to be able to win now. So sorry, like Houston. Like there's a few few teams that need a quarterback that I'm going, you know what? I don't care what you do with your, your first couple picks. I'm not going there because I, I can't win soon enough. I'd like the Brady-Belichick argument, right? Guess who won that one? Brady. Why? Because the very first year after they split, he won a Super Bowl. That's just how it works. So in the, the Derek Carr Raiders argument, which is less less in stature but still just as furious, uh, I want to make sure I win first. And it might not be a Super Bowl. It might be like make it to the playoffs. So look for an offensive line. Why? Old quarterbacks need offensive lines. And you might not think you're old now, Derek, but when wherever you go next, you better plan on being an old quarterback there. Right? Like you, you might be – Oh, I'm mobile enough to escape a little. Maybe now, but what about two years from now? I'm guessing you're not signing a six-month deal. Look for play callers. Why? Because that's easily the most important thing in a quarterback's life. I mean, that's uh, just is what it is. Until you're ready to go full Peyton Manning and just like, all right, what play did you call? Cool. I might use that one, or I'm going to walk to the line of scrimmage and change it all. Until you get to that point, you're dependent upon the guy calling the plays. And then look to win quickly obviously everyone keeps bringing up the saints because he visited the saints here's ryan clark on get up talking about that possible matchup and that's why I think the Saints could still be a viable option for a Derek Carr. And we talked about it on the set when he was visiting the Saints, that they'd have to make some cap room. It's guys like Michael Thomas may have to go, and you have to rework some contracts. And we've seen the New Orleans Saints do that in the past. But this defense has been championship caliber for years. You have a young receiver on the outside in Chris Olave. You have good tight ends, obviously Alvin Kamara in the backfield. I think that this is a spot where he could thrive in a spot where people support you outside of the organization when you do well. 
well. It does seem that Derek Carr has, even when playing at an MVP, MVP caliber, a guy that's doubted as the position as a leader, he proved two years ago that he can lead in mm-hmm. any locker room. And I think he proved, he's also proven that he's a great talent on the field. Did you see which, which positions he listed? He said Chris Olave and a great wide receiver core. He said the tight ends. He said, of course, Alvin Kamara in the back. Didn't mention the offensive line. Didn't mention the play caller. Don't show up and get distracted. Well, what did Ryan Clark say? They're, they're an organization that, that supports their players away from the field. That's not what you should be looking for. You have family for that. You've got buddies. Right, you've, you've got friends. You've got a brother in in David Carr that will go on NFL Network and defend you tooth and nail. He does it. You don't you don't need that. You need an offensive line. You need play callers. And you need the ability to win. Now it's not the Saints. It's the Jets. Who would have thought I'd be saying that? You want to win now? You want an offensive line and you want play callers? I mean, everyone's saying Nathaniel Hackett. Really, he was bad at the head coach part of it. When he was calling plays, he wasn't the end of the world in, in in Green Bay. I also like the point made by Jason Fitz yesterday on this show when he said, you know, hey, Derek Carr plays bad in the cold. Part of that might be because he lived in the warm. If you're living in either Oakland and or Vegas, and then every time you go on the road, it's like you land on a airplane on Friday night. It's cold. You play on Sunday, you drive back or you fly back. Maybe you never got used to it. So maybe if he's just in a place where you know, he walks to his car, it's cold. He walks in the facility, it's cold. He practices, it's cold. Maybe maybe Sunday won't be as bad. The Jets are making a lot of sense. And again, never thought I'd be saying those words. Tim Donnelly Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Call and text lines open, 757-687-9494. Speaking of that call in line, coming up next, Dr. Wood Selig, ODU's athletic director, just like he does every Wednesday, is joining us here on the call in line. Dr. Selig coming up next. Welcome back into Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Joining us, just as he does every Wednesday on the phone lines, Dr. Wood Selig, ODU athletic director, uh, Dr. Selig, last time we talked, we were, we were out at the Super Bowl. Uh, let's put a bow on kind of tracking the ODU players or former ODU players throughout the NFL season. The Eagles couldn't quite pull out the win, but Zach Pascal made two catches for the Eagles in the Super Bowl. And, uh, you know, that's something you can't ever take away from them. What does that do for the program that somebody's out there in the Super Bowl making plays representing ODU? I know our fans enjoyed watching. Zach, as well as uh, Rick Lovato, mm-hmm. the long snapper. Um, it, it made the Super Bowl a lot more intriguing and interesting for ODU Monarch fans everywhere. So and I'm, I'm ha- happy for them personally uh, and their families that they got a chance to probably take a lot of family members and friends uh, probably on their dime to the Super Bowl uh, and, and show them a good time out there in Arizona. So uh, hopefully we can keep, keep that trend and, and continue to have ODU Monarchs in future Super Bowls. Uh, and then, obviously, with football season now completely wrapped, we, we focus on basketball a little bit more. Both the men's and women's team for, for ODU uh, on, a, on a little bit of upswing at, at the moment. That has to be a, a good feeling around the program, knowing that the conference tournament's yeah. right around the corner, just a few more regular season games, and they seem to be putting it all together. I tell you, the, the women are on a roll. Mm-hmm. We're, we're one game out of first place, so I'm really excited for Delisha Milton-Jones and her squad. And, and we have um, Appalachian State on tomorrow night at 6.30 on the women at home. And then we have uh, JMU 
Uh, we're tied with JMU for second place. We have them Saturday at 2 o'clock. We also have all of uh, our former ODU Lady Monarchs are coming back uh, on that Saturday. So we, sh- we have a reception after the game, and a, you know we, we are going to recognize them at halftime. So that should be a big crowd for the women against JMU on Saturday. Our men go up to Harrisonburg tomorrow night, play JMU at 7 o'clock, and then they're, they stay on the road against Appalachian State Saturday at 4. And then we just have two more games next week, and then we're off to Pensacola for the tournament. The women have a chance, as do the men, to finish in the top four of the standings. And if you get a top four, you get a double bye. So you basically, you know, for the women, they wouldn't play until Friday, and for the men, uh, perhaps not till Saturday. So you, you get a lot of rest at the end of the season in, in advance of the conference tournament and the NCAA automatic bid. We're talking with Dr. Wood Selig, ODU's athletic director, here on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. You bring up that game at JMU tomorrow for the, for the ODU men. Do you give any advice or, or do you expect the coaches to give any advice when you're going, you know, as a player, you think enemy territory of a rivalry, you're going to the opposite side of the Royal Rivalry Challenge and you know that it's going to be a, a pretty intense atmosphere? You know, the good thing is they're on a bus right now going to James Madison. They're due to get in around 4, 4.30 this afternoon. So it's an easy trip. They practiced late this morning. Uh, they're going to play in a really nice venue that Steve Ballard built. Uh, Steve Ballard not only built what is now Chartway Arena, but he also built the brand-new basketball convocation center up in Harrisonburg. So they should have some familiarity, at least from the the uh, construction aspect of the two buildings. But we're going to send a, a, a venture bus tomorrow with about 45 to 50 ODU fans to that game. And it just shows you when you get regional rivalries, when you get close proximity uh, to to schools in your conference, you can do things like that and you can have quality trips for your student-athletes. So really, really like being back together with JMU in a conference relationship. A little bit different than the the Texas State game where it seemed like the ODU fans were pretty much all emo Essians, friends and family being a player uh, from from Texas down there and then playing at Texas Tech, Texas State, excuse me. Uh, But that moment, I I mean, how cool was that with the buzzer beater, everything he's been through? We we kind of were in awe of it earlier this week when we we discussed it. But but what's your take on it? Well, uh, obviously, it was a road game. Uh, We was trying to follow it. Uh, on my phone on ESPN Plus on Saturday night and was following it at the end of the game uh, for the coast-to-coast drive by Emo. The sad thing for me, uh, I knew Emo was from Texas. I knew he had a lot of friends and family there in attendance. I missed the Ted Alexander radio call because I was watching the Texas State TV feed Mm -hmm. Uh, somebody sent me Ted Alexander's radio call, and that is outstanding. You talk about excitement between Ted Alexander and Dave Torzik, and to me that kind of captured the essence of the moment and the significance of the last-second win for ODU. I don't know if, if, if your listeners were listening to Ted Alexander or have had a chance to, to hear that, 
but but that is pure joy and excitement. We, exactly, and, and we actually played it for him again here uh, on Monday, I believe it was, because of everything you just described, uh, and and the the kind of you know, I mean, buzzer beaters on the road. It always feels like you're you're silencing the opponents, and and you could probably have heard your your home radio broadcast in every corner of that that arena, which is a a cool deal. Uh, um, which yeah, like I said, and a little plug, you could hear that game right here on Priority Auto Sports Radio ninety four point one, just like all ODU men's basketball and uh, and women where the schedule allows. Uh, let's take a, mm-hmm. a a quick trip over to the the baseball side of things. They're kicking off this weekend, three games set against St. John's at home. How is the team looking? How excited are are you that the the baseball team, which has had a tremendous amount of success the last couple of years, is finally getting their season started? Really excited. We, we've won over 40 games for each of the last two years on the baseball side. We open up against St. John's out of the Big East. This is the first day, opening day, Friday, for college baseball. I wish we were going to have tomorrow's weather on Friday, uh, but the weekend still looks good. We play Friday at 3 o'clock, Saturday at 2, and Sunday at 1 against St. John's, all three games. Really excited. I was talking with Coach Finwood just on, on Monday uh, we have a number of switch hitters, so uh, he indicated to me that, that if, if we're facing a right-handed pitcher, obviously you want to load the lineup with lefties. He says we can go seven or eight lefties because we have so many switch hitters. Vice versa, if we have a left-handed pitcher, we can go seven or eight right-handed batters against a left-handed pitcher. So we, we're going to be able to play the odds, play the statistics, uh, I think we're going to be a very good hitting team. He feels like we have a better pitching team this year than, than we had last year, and last year was very, very good. Uh, so we're one of the – there are 14 schools in the Sun Belt Conference who play baseball. Half of them, seven of the 14, were getting top 25 votes or were ranked in the top 25 by publications preseason. ODU is one of those seven that's getting top 25 recognition. So I'm hopeful for a, a really, really good season. Uh, this you know, will hopefully be the last year in the bud, and then we'll start construction uh, between this year and, and during the 24 season and open up the 25 season with a brand-new baseball stadium. So this, this will be uh, arguably the last year in the Bud Matheny ballpark. We, we talk often about how the, the conference games are so important, but but for uh, a team like like your baseball squad that's in such a talented conference, you just, you just illustrated how seven of the 14 getting top 25 votes, how important is it for them to take care of business during the non-conference part of their schedule so they can build in a little bit of uh, wiggle room, I guess you could say, going into that, that vaunted Sunbelt schedule? No, you're right, Tim. Because you know, you've, you've got to make all your non-conference games count as, as you know mostly wins. Because mm-hmm. there's no telling how the weekend series are going to go when you're going up against you know Southern Miss, who came into the Sun Belt with us. Georgia Southern is outstanding. Coastal Carolina is very good. Louisiana Lafayette is another good program. So you know we we've Sun Belt sent four schools uh, from from the Sun Belt last year. To the NCAA tournament, and then Southern Miss and ODU have been NCAA participants. So, arguably, you've got six uh, on any given year are really positioned to be NCAA tournament teams. It makes the Sun Belt Conference on the same level as you would find in the ACC or the SEC as far as the depth of the schools 
that are NCAA postseason caliber programs. And it, it's also, you know, remarkable that, that Coach Finwood, we, we, we schedule Virginia every year. We schedule East Carolina every year. We schedule non-conference opponents that are also uh, NCAA caliber opponents. So we really go after the best, whether it's weekend or midweek. Uh, our ODU baseball student-athletes get to see some of the best college baseball talent throughout the year. We're talking with Dr. Wood Selig, ODU Athletic Director. Dr. Selig, before we let you go, uh, since the last time we talked, first career ODU win for Coach Teresa Walton of the uh, the lacrosse program. Uh, do you do anything? Do you celebrate uh, the first, or do you wait till they, they win like the 100th or something before you, you start getting commemorative balls made and those sorts of things? Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great question because on, on Saturday, uh, we're, we're going to give Delisha Milton-Jones a basketball that commemorates her 50th okay. head coaching career <laughs> win at ODU. So, so there are, yeah, there are milestones, 50, 100, uh, but certainly you, you can't win 50 or 100 until you get your first one under your belt. So, and you're, you're on track to get movings. Uh, I don't know. That, that's, I hope we have a, a, a lacrosse ball from that, from that game uh, down in Elon that we won 12 to 11 because it would be nice uh, to present her with a commemorative, commemorative lacrosse ball from her first win as a head coach at Old Dominion. Uh, that was an important win. We, we, we lost six in a row uh, to end last season, and it was nice to get this season off to just a quick start with a really close, hard-played win down at Elon. We're, we're at VCU today, uh, and then we have one more road game before we come home. So hopefully we can figure out that commemorative number one win lacrosse ball between now and then. Dr. Selig, we appreciate you for stopping by every week, and uh, we'll look forward to doing this again next week. Sounds good, Tim. Well, welcome back from Arizona.